it, things are going to take time. Um, so, you know, as long as you, um, as long as you stick with it, stick with the business, you know, um, there's going to be, you know, ups and downs of the business, especially as a startup. I mean, you know, we go through that now, um, you know, you've got certain revenue numbers you have to hit and, you know, lots of work that has to be done. And of course you've got, you know, if you're a solution based, uh, you know, company, you know, you've got, you know, let's say you've got 20 customers, every customer wants something different. Um, so you have to prioritize, but you just have to kind of stick with it, you know? Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups in the seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. We're always here to help. Now, today we got another great guest on the podcast, Harris Schwartz. And uh, Harris is a quick introduction. So graduated from high school and did a little bit of uh, junior college, um, became interested in uh, TV production and, uh, and on, on his friend's advice, decided to drop out of uh, college and go right into television production, did that for about five years and then started to uh, get be, or interested in computers and fell into security in the mid 90s, um, worked for Earthlink for uh, computer security as a, a tech support for a while. Um, and then within a week of doing the job, the boss assigned them to do a special project, which is working on spam, which is a, a lot more prevalent today than it even was back then. Um, directed And then that kind of directed his career from there, stayed in uh, security, both uh, some physical and cyber security. And then from Earthlink, worked uh, for a couple startups to do uh, security programs. Around 2000, I got tired of the startup world, went and worked uh, with Wells Fargo for a period of time and did that for a few years. And they got into uh, cyber threat intelligence for another company, did some work with Disney, did some work with Safeway and or Safeway Albertsons, Levi Strauss, um, and uh, a couple other companies and then worked to went to work on ion uh, insurance for a period of time and then a lot in the last few months is has uh, jumped into his uh, current business which we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that as well so with that much as an introduction welcome on the podcast Harris well thank you thank you it's very nice to be here so I just gave a quick run through uh, to a much longer journey so why don't we uh, go back in time a bit to um coming out of high school, going into a bit of college, and then your friend told you to, to drop out and go into TV production. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, thinking back in time, um, you know, yeah, you know, when I was growing up and stuff like that, my interest was all about uh, TV production and films and stuff like that. I had a cousin, or I still have a cousin that's, uh, he was actually one of the uh, uh creators and producers of uh, Monty, Monty Python. Uh, and he's still alive and he's still producing. And he was actually one of the, uh, you know, probably one of my uh, influencers, uh, you know, of, of getting into that, that, that field. Uh, and so, yes, I had moved to California uh, from back East because uh, I was born in, uh, in Philadelphia, um, started junior college, uh, you know, like a good boy. And um, yeah, shortly after that, I had met through a cousin of mine, uh, a producer, 
uh, or actually he was a director. Uh, he was working on uh, mostly commercials and, you know, like McDonald's and Toyota and, you know, stuff like that. And I uh, got to talking to him and I was like, you know, hey, what's the best way to get into the field? Just like today, right? What's the best way to get into cyber? And uh, he said, you know, honestly, drop out of school and, you know, come to work for me. And, you know, you got to get that experience under your belt. And that's the best way. So that's what I did. Of course, my parents, nope. not okay. happy. Sorry. That's what I was going to say. I mean, so you, you started out, you know, which quote unquote, the traditional path. And I'm not saying it's for better or for worse, but, you know, you get in there and you say, well, you should really just come work for me. And, you know, was it just as simple as that? And you said, well, I don't really like college anyway, or it's not the best path, or he can, he laid out such a convincing argument and, you know, kind of how did that change a bit of trajectory? Because a lot of times people say, well, maybe I'll do a part-time or I'll, you know, juggle it or, Hey, I'd like to get a degree first as a fallback or anything of that nature. But what was the, was it just a quick snap decision or kind of what went into the decision-making there? It was kind of it, 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 it was kind of all of that, you know, like my, you know, I, I did well in high school and whatnot. I enjoyed that time of, of, you know, of my life and whatnot. Did I want to go to college? Yeah, part of me wanted to, part of me didn't want to, but this was more of, you know, my parents, you know, kind of pushing, you know, you should go get, you know, your, you know, additional education and, and whatever. And so I was just kind of, you know, moving through the motions when I, you know, met this, this, uh, this director, um, I wasn't expecting him to say, yeah, drop everything, come work for me, because, you know, that's, that's, the, that's not the usual, um, you know, uh, circumstance or scenario. Usually it's, you know, you can go apply over here, or, you know, maybe you can get an internship or something. I mean, he literally offered me a job, a paying job, and basically working under his wing. So yeah, I was like, yeah, let's let's do it. So yeah. Hey, and I said, and sometimes it's those, hey, this is a good opportunity to, or too good to pass up. If I can get real world experience, get into the industry, I want to be in, why go get the degree? Why not get that experience? And then, hey, if it doesn't work out, I can go back to school or I can take a different path. So certainly makes sense. So now the one question I'll ask is, you know, looking back and hindsight is always 2020 and it's, you know, always a, a bit of a, a different perspective. Would you have dropped out again or would you have ever gone back and say, hey, I really should have finished school and waited? You know, it's in, that, that's actually an interesting question. I mean, it's the whole schooling piece has come up, uh, you know, maybe a few times, you know, in my career and whatnot. And as I, you know, tacking on more and more years and more and more experience, uh, you know, a lot of companies that I had applied to that had, let's say, a master's degree, uh, you know, as a requirement, uh, the HR departments were like, oh, you know, you got 20 years experience, you know, that we can waive that. Um, so I am, I, you know, I guess I'm, uh, I'm thankful that companies were willing to waive those requirements, but, you know, we could be in a, in a different time uh, and companies, you know, wouldn't do that. So uh, it's, it's been in the back of my head, you know, over, over time and stuff, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, the way that, uh, the way that things worked out. Fair enough. Well, that's always a good answer to have. And if it works out well, then what more, not much more you can ask for. So now you say, okay, going to go work for the friends, you know, TV production, get into that. And I think you did that for about the period of five years. And then you decided to, 
you know, started to get interest in computers and security and other things in the mid 90s. So what kind of made you decide to jump over there, or leave the TV production realm and and kind of uh, switch paths a bit? Yeah, so it, it was it, it was a very interesting, uh, you know, you're basically you know, on the film side, uh, you know, you're starting at the bottom, just like any, you know, any job um, you know, or any industry and whatnot. I enjoyed it for, you know, for a good period of time. I met a lot of good people, you know, met a lot of, you know, other people ha had fun. Um, I just felt that there was probably something else that I could be doing. Um, I was uh, teetering on uh, interest in law enforcement. Um, you know, I had taken tests with, you know, the various agencies and stuff in LA, but, uh, you know, they had budget cuts and things of that nature. So that, you know, that didn't work out. And then of course, computers, I was using computers uh, in the job, uh, you know, for the film TV uh, stuff. So I was kind of seeing, you know, how they were using computers and applications and things like that. So that, that was of interest. And then I had a, I had a neighbor uh, in the building that I, li I lived in a small building. Uh, this was in Glendale, uh, California. And, um, I had a neighbor and, and he was, he had just gotten this job at Earthlink Network. And I was like, oh, you know, what's that? And he's like, oh, they're, they're this, you know, internet service provider. And, you know, they're growing quickly. And I think at the time they had 25 employees. I mean, they didn't have many employees at all. And uh, he's like, yeah, they're hiring. They're, you know, they're, they're trying to get tech support and customer support and, you know, I can get you an interview. And I was like, okay, well, I'll apply, you know, and went and, um, you know, got in surprisingly. I was the 33rd employee at Earthlink. So now, did you have much experience or was it just, Hey, we'll take anybody that has interest or kind of, cause you know, it seemed like a, certainly a different skill set be, be, or based on, you know, TV production to, over to, to, you know, different uh, industry. So was it just more of, Hey, we'll train you. We'll, you know, you have interest, we'll do it, or this is entry level or kind of how did you make that transition to kind of acquiring that new skill set? Yeah. So I was, I was focused more on that customer support role or roles that they had because, you know, I thought, okay, you know, I've got transferable skills there. And I worked a few retail jobs and things like that. So obviously there's the customer service aspect, um, even working, you know, in the, you know, film and, and TV production, you know, you, you're working with other people and it's very service oriented and, and whatnot. Um, but when I had gone for the interviews at, at Earthlink, they were pushing me more towards tech support. And at the time I didn't really, I didn't really know, you know, what that really meant. Um, actually, once I got hired, tech support was actually pretty easy because they already had the answers already, you know, sort of worked out. So they had, you know, here's the issues that people have and here's the, the, the resolve. Um, and it was really, again, customer service over the phone with the customer trying to get them, you know, up and running or, you know, whatever the whatever the problem was. So it actually wasn't that difficult. Oh, it makes sense. So, so now you make that kind of that shift or that uh, transition, you know, from doing some or working in TV to, to more on the, the customer facing side of, of tech support, you work with Earthlink. And then, you know, I think when we talked a bit before, you know, within about a week of working there, you kind of got assigned over to the 
the special project, which probably isn't that special by today's standards, but would have been more there, which is how to deal with spam and how to actually, you know, dealing with some of those issues. So how did that, you know, how did that kind of kick off? Because I think that sounds like, if I were to read between the lines, that kind of got you in a lot of where you went after the rest of your career, which is more in cybersecurity and doing some of those things. So was it just happenstance or did you raise your hand or kind of how did that work out? I, uh, you know, I, I think it was more, well, I think it was a combination of, you know, raising my hand and, you know, wanting to do more, um, you know, I was a go-getter. So, you know, I was willing to do whatever it, you know, whatever it took. Um, and so, you know, they were being, as an internet service provider, they were being inundated with spam or the customers were being inundated. Back then it was, you know, it was all the porn uh, spam. Um, and there were a couple of big players that, you know, that were, you know, sort of behind that activity and they didn't have, so Earthlink did not have a security department. They had an IT department, um, but no one really running security. And so the spam issue came up, you know, they said, hey, you know, Harris, he's always raising his hand. Let's give him a project to do. So they, they were like, hey, go learn about spam and how do we deal with it? And that's essentially how it started. Um, you know, the the resolve was, you know, coming up with both, you know, what I would call administrative or policy, uh, you know, type introductions. So that was actually when the acceptable use policy was introduced to the world of ISPs. I was actually the author of the acceptable use policy, uh, among a couple of, of other security experts, you know, in the field. Um, and then, so it was, you know, generating our own policies against, you know, spam and unsolicited email and things of that nature. And then it was coming up with some of the technical controls as well and working with the IT department, you know, to do that. Um, and then from there, I mean, literally, it was probably another week or so that went by and the, you know, one of the heads of IT came to me and said, hey, we don't have a security department. You're doing pretty good at this. You're now the director of security. As I go, great. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Nobody knows what's going on, so you get to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. It's a, you know, got to hire a bunch of people and yeah. So it was, uh, it was fun times. So now you said, and that, you know, that's it's kind of fun. I, I think that, you know, it, it does reflect or, you know, represent a lot of times if you're the one that people are willing, know that are willing to take on new projects, raise your hand, even if you don't know exactly what to do or be willing to dive in and figure it out, it presents a lot of opportunities and can direct your path a lot of times to be beneficial. And I think that having that attitude is oftentimes, you know, a differentiating or a differentiation between those that are succeeding in a career and those that are kind of stuck doing the same thing. And so now you did that. And I think from, you know, from Earthlink, you went and worked for a couple different or startups that are kind of doing a lot of the same building out security programs. Is that right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, so I mean, there was there was UUNet, which is no longer around. That was part of MCI. Um, it was you know around sort of the same thing. You know, back then it was all about the the uh, reputation of the internet service provider in the internet community. Uh, I don't know if you remember news groups and things like that, but there were certain news groups that were dedicated to uh, you know sort of these you know internet. I don't know what you would call them, uh, people that were out there concerned about, you know, the, 
the safe and you know the safety and well-being of you know of the internet, right? Um, and they'd be, you know, hey, this company's doing great, but this company's not doing great. Uh, and you know, uh, you could have lots of complaints against you, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I went to UUNet because their reputation was was not very good at the time, and they needed someone to come in and basically build out their investigations group, you know, around trust and safety, essentially, or back then it was called fraud and abuse um, and security, uh, you know, really customer facing. And then I went to work for uh, Roadrunner, which was part of Time Warner at the time. And, uh, and then I went to Excited Home. Uh, that got me to the Bay Area. Um, I think, yeah, I, I mean, they, they all went so bankrupt. Had a, a, fun, a fun run with, you know, several startups. And I think that, you know, that's kind of bittersweet. It can be fun, exciting. You get new opportunities. You get to work on different projects. And yet the startup, you know, world is also one where it can be high stress and certainly a high degree of uncertainty and you having to figure things out. And I think at one point you mentioned, you know, you got a bit worn out or tired around the 2000s, probably along alongside the, the bubble was about to burst for a lot of startups in that realm. But then you went over to work with uh, Wells Fargo and did that for a period of time. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, I was kind of burnt out from, you know, from all of the, um, all of the startups and, uh, you know, a lot of them went bankrupt or, you know, were bought out by other companies and things of that nature. And, um, you know, I wanted to try and stay in the same, uh, you know, this, the same realm, so to speak. Um, and, um, you know, ended up going to Wells Fargo uh, and actually worked as a criminal investigator. So completely different. Um, but still, uh, some of the cases that I worked on were uh, of a high tech or cyber, you know, cyber relation. So I still got to do some of that, got more into forensics and, and, and things of that nature, um, but also a lot of, you know, sort of outside of, you know, uh, the realm as well, uh, just in traditional financial uh, crimes and things like that. So yeah, did that for a while. And then um, I think that's when I made the move uh, more into like uh, threat intelligence. That was a, an area that I, you know, that I liked, um, did a little bit of that during the startup phases and things, but I had gone to work for a couple companies uh, more in a consulting realm, uh, but building out threat intelligence programs for, uh, for customers and things. No, oh, that sounds like, you know, it sounds like a continued uh, journey on your path. Now, one of the things that, you know, without rehearsing, just because there was a, a pretty good amount of businesses, and I want to maybe jump, you know, summarize a bit just so we can talk a little bit about where you, or how you got to where you're at today. But you, you know, from, you know, you got into Wells Fargo, you worked with Disney, you worked with Safeway and Albertsons, you worked with Levi Strauss, you worked with, I think, another company, NTT. <laughs> And and then and, and Ion Insurance and or and and so some of those and so you know was that mostly just a for example short term projects and they only wanted you for there so long or you got you know got to the point where you liked the variety and the differences and so you jumped around a bit or kind of what led you to kind of or go between because there are a lot of big companies a lot of you know certainly recognizable mm -hmm. names so what kind of took your path between all of those different companies as you led to where you got today. Yeah, so, you know, when I went to work for Disney, uh, Disney was a client of the, the, the company that I was with prior. Um, and I had, you know, uh, done a really good job for them on a particular project. And then they happened to reach out and say, hey, you know, 
Uh, things are moving pretty pretty fast. We're trying, you know, uh, the information security group or the cybersecurity group. They're trying to, you know, build and mature and you know that type of thing. And they happen to have an opening, so I got an interview and you know kind of went through the process and then you know got hired. Um, this was right, you know, sort of right after the start of retail breaches. So all of those data breaches and stuff from retail, starting with Target and then, you know, everybody else that followed, I mean, the, you know, hundreds of companies that followed after that. Um, so again, you know, we're kind of in this, I don't know what you want to call it, wormhole, um, you know, so I'm working at Disney and, and, and doing great things there. And, you know, so again, it's like companies are like after, you know, the best people. So, you know, it was like, Safeway Albertsons, you know, calls and they're like, hey, you know, we'd love to, you know, offer you this job. So, um, you know, went for that. And then, you know, same thing with Levi's, the CISO that was at Safeway ended up moving over to Levi's and sure enough was like, hey, I'm impressed with your work. I'd like you to come over there and be my deputy. Okay. So, you know, there we go. Um, after sort of those three companies, um, you know, each one very similar, I would say, towards the end of those, uh, not engagements, towards the end of those um, employments, you know, where, you know, in the beginning, you've got lots of budget, you know, you can do everything you need to do, you can hire resources, et cetera, et cetera. Then it would get to the point because, you know, well, all of them had retail or they were either focused on retail or they had retail components to them, like Disney. And so you'd find, oh, retail's not doing very well in the US. It's doing great over, you know, overseas and stuff like that. But we now we have to cut your budget. And then your budget gets cut. And then you can't hire resources, but you have to work longer and more hours. Um, and it was sort of the same thing with, with all three of those companies. So when I got sort of at the end of Levi's, I said, you know, I want to go back into consulting because then I don't have to deal with budget cuts and resource cuts and things of that nature because, you know, we have customers that are hiring us to do consulting work. And that's why I made the change over to NTT first, uh, where I went in and I built out a virtual CISO program and then delivered. I had a variety of different clients uh, around the globe and uh, you know, provided CISO services because they didn't have a CISO. Um, and then Aon popped up, saw that as a good opportunity, kind of elevated my career and went over there and you know, essentially did the same thing, so. Perfect, no, it definitely makes sense and sounds like a lot of good opportunities. And I think there is a, some truth that you hit on is that as you're, if you're good at your job and, and, you're, and you get a good reputation within an, a given industry, you'll have those opportunities come along because people are always looking for talented and the best, especially for those type of industries. So now, now catches, you know, with that all in mind, catches up to a little bit where you're at today. Cause I think that, you know, a few months ago where you decided to a bit do your own thing, you're going a bit of a different direction. So kind of what prompted that and where are you at today? Yeah. So um, when I was at Aon and I was, you know, I was looking for other opportunities I was thinking about, and I was interviewing with companies that, uh, you know, I would call them, you know, I would call it the dark side, you know, the vendor side. Um, so, you know, platform as a service or, you know, software as a service type, type offerings. Um, and I was interviewing at, you know, some 
cyber threat intelligence, you know, uh, companies, and obviously it elevates security. And you know, I was looking to to do something different. You know, um, I've either worked directly for a company or I've worked in the consulting realm, um, but I've never worked for um, for a product. You know, for a security product or a cybersecurity product. And so I thought, you know, let's let's look at that avenue. Um, Elevate. What I liked about Elevate was is that they're actually working on a on a particular issue that no one else is working on. Um, so they're kind of like uh, you know first in the market to be addressing the uh, you know the particular issue that their um, you know that their solution covers. And um, you know so ended up coming uh, coming to Elevate as uh, as their CISO or field CISO. You know all customer facing uh, basically. You know, being that evangelist, uh, doing a lot of thought leadership, doing podcasts like this, um, you know, et cetera. Um, and, you know, also working with internal teams as well. So, you know, like working with the product teams to, to um, you know, uh, guide them on, you know, these are the features that would make the most sense, you know, um, from an industry perspective or from you know, handling this particular issue. So. so now with all that, kind of clue people in where where does that leave you at today? Or and maybe I missed it, but you know, what kind of if you're to say now cluing the audience in, kind of what what uh, where are you at today, or kind of what are you doing today? So I'm with Elevate Elevate Security. Uh, I've been here. I think this is my fifth month now. So. Congratulations. Well, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you. So now, and so now, you know, with Elevate doing this, you know, kind of now if you're to look at, you know, you've had a pretty fun and, you know, sorted journey and, and sorted in a good way, but, you know, going through a lot of different opportunities and chasing down a lot of different things, where do you see the next six to 12 months headed for you? Kind of what's uh, what's in the roadmap? Uh, d- definitely, you know, I mean, right now we're going through our Series B funding. Uh, so that's, you know, it's uh, hot times for us right now at Elevate, um, you know. We're, we're trying to grow, uh, you know, the number of uh, customers and things of that nature. So I'm, you know, helping out, you know, as much as, as possible while still, you know, writing articles and, you know, hopefully we'll speaking, well, I will be speaking at RSA uh, in June and, uh, you know, submitted a uh, uh, speaking slot over at uh, Black Hat, which will actually be my first time speaking at Black Hat. So yeah, just trying to, uh, you know, push the business and, um, you know, uh, work with our customers and things like that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, sounds like a, a, a good, uh, a good, or a lot of a good journey ahead of you and uh, fun, some fun opportunities. So with that, as we start to wrap up the, the podcast and reach to the, the present day of your journey and even looking into a bit into the future, I always have uh, two questions I always want or like to ask. So we'll jump to those now. So the first question is, Along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made? And what'd you learn from it? <laughs> so <laughs> I still kick myself today. Um, <clears throat> when I was back at Earthlink, uh, there was a vendor um, that was an up and, an up and comer, you know, it was a startup. Uh, it was called Brightmail. And uh, I knew the founder of, of Brightmail. Um, you know, we had lots of... Uh, you know, we participate in various, you know, industry groups and meetings and things like that. And um, he had offered me a job, um, you know, as one of the early, 
you know, it was like a vice president job uh, at the startup. I was living, I think I was living back east in like Northern Virginia or DC uh, and Brightmail was based in San Francisco. And, um, you know, I'm like, yeah, this, it sounds like a great opportunity. Was I ready to go to San Francisco? I don't know. I think it was too early. You know, this was still the mid nineties. Um, I just wasn't sure whether or not Brightmail would, would do well. Um, I mean, again, it was all based on spam, right? And spam's one issue. Um, anyway, I turned down that opportunity. Uh, you know, of course, on the other side, they ended up doing very well. They were bought out by Symantec uh, and he made <laughs> gajillions of dollars. So I basically lost out on that. I mean, I guess, you know, I, I've always listened to my um what's that uh saying i can't even remember the saying um anyway uh you know listen to yourself right um i think there's a saying or something but anyway i'm sure there's plenty of them there's lots of good quotes about listening to yourself or your gut or or whatever yeah, your that gut. Be. yeah yeah your gut feeling you know i mean i always seem to you know listen to my gut i think i've always made the right decisions and things um, but yes, I kicked myself on that one. So. No, and I, it's one of those that's hard because, you know, as much as you see some opportunities and they turn out to be great and you could have made lots of money or had a lot more opportunity just as easily. Sometimes it's one of those that startups go under, small businesses go under and they don't go well. And you could have made that just an equal decision. So it's always one of those hard ones to where do you listen to your gut, do you listen to your head, do you make the right decision, do you take the opportunity or is it not the right one? And you never quite know and it's always easy to look back, but sometimes it is just, hey, if it's, it's one that you're, your intuition and your gut's telling you that the, that's where you should go, sometimes it's best to listen. So that's a, a great yep. to, <laughs> or a great one to hear or to learn from. Second question, if you're talking to someone that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Um... You know, uh, you know, it, things are going to take time. Um, so, you know, as long as you, um, as long as you stick with it, stick with the business, you know, um, there's going to be, you know, ups and downs of the business, especially as a startup. I mean, you know, we go through that now. Um, you know, you've got certain revenue numbers you have to hit and, you know, lots of work that has to be done. And of course you've got, you know, if you're a solution based, uh, you know, company, you know, you've got, you know, let's say you've got 20 customers, every customer wants something different. Um, so you have to prioritize, but you just have to kind of stick with it, you know. Simple as easy as that, sticking with it can uh, oftentimes be the difference between um, success and, and quitting too early. So I think that that's yeah. a great piece of advice. Well, as, uh, if people want to uh, reach out to you, if they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, or find out more? Well, I mean, you know, through LinkedIn, for sure. Um, you know, my email, can I give my email address? Absolutely. However you want people to reach out. Yeah, it's very, it's a very simple email address. It's Harris, my first name, H-A-R-R-I-S, at elevatesecurity.com. All right. We'll definitely encourage people to reach out uh, via email, LinkedIn, or any other way um, and, and utilize uh, or and, uh, 
utilize some um, great uh, services and uh, if nothing else, make a new best friend. So with that, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun, it's been a pleasure. Now for all of you that are listeners, you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be guests on the podcast. We'd love to have you. Just go to inventiveguest.com, apply to be on the show. A couple more things as listeners, make sure to click uh, subscribe, share, leave us a review because we want to make sure that everyone finds out about all these awesome journeys. And last but not least, if you ever need help with your patents or trademarks or anything else with your startup or small business, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Thank you again uh, for coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you. Thank you very much.